Welcome in to a September edition of the Out of Options podcast on the 435 Podcast Network, 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to subscribe, uh, download each episode, and if you wouldn't mind, give it a five-star review if you enjoyed the podcast as we are coming to the end of Season 1, wrapping up the minor league baseball season and a couple weeks away from the major league season wrapping up as well. On today's episode, I'm going to talk to Peyton Wilson, who the Royals took with the 66th overall pick in the 2021 MLB draft out of the University of Alabama, just 23 years old, playing in AA for the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. From MLB.com, Wilson has a small frame at five foot eight, but he's strong with a short, compact swing that makes hard contact as a switch hitter. His best tool is probably his speed, which he can use on the bases and in center field. Wilson's arm is plus plus two, which allows him to play center field without a problem, but he's gotten more time at second base, where he can also be a great defender. He's still getting a feel for the strike zone and what pitches he can do damage on, so if he tones down the aggressiveness, he could unlock a high average with some sneaky pop. That from MLB.com about the Royals' 26th-ranked prospect, Peyton Wilson. So now that we have all of that out of the way, let's get into my conversation with Peyton. And where we started was growing up in Alabama, which doesn't have any professional sports teams, but as we're going to get into... Alabama football is basically that. You know, you're right. I think most people would say college football kind of is bigger in the South than NFL or anything else. But, yeah, I think most people from Alabama are either Falcons fans or Titans fans, to be uh, um, clear. I mean, I used to go to a bunch of both because my older brother played for the Falcons for a few seasons. So we used to go to a bunch of those games. and. Me and my uh, like childhood best friend used to go to Titans games all the time too. But so those were fun. But like as far as a like, team that I have, I never really had like a set NFL team. You know, I always kind of followed players more than teams. I was always a big Tom Brady guy. So see him go this year it hasn't been fun. But as far as teams, you know, my team is Alabama football. That's for sure. Is yeah. it Braves country? That's probably the closest oh. professional baseball team, right? Yeah, Braves is definitely the baseball team around town. Most people are definitely Braves fans, and I'd say, I'd say a lot of times that's a little bit more popular than NFL, just because college football, everybody would rather watch college football than college baseball most times. So you mentioned your brother was the quarterback at Alabama. Your brother also played baseball at Alabama. I assume Alabama was the college choice when you were in high school, and that was that was the dream school. That's what you always aspired to to go to college at. Yeah, no doubt. You know, my both my parents are from Tuscaloosa. My whole family still lives there except my immediate family. You know, my my mom was a cheerleader. My brothers, like you said, played sports. My sister went to school there. All their spouses went to school at Alabama. My dad's the only one in the family that hadn't gone, so it's funny. But, you know, yeah, Alabama was always my first choice. It's kind of the only school I ever wanted to go to. I live 45 minutes away from there, so I grew up going to all my brother's football games and all my brother's baseball games. So I spent a lot of time down in Tuscaloosa, and I just was so glad and thankful for my uh, two years that I got to go there and live out my dream. I'm 37, and I'm now I'm old enough to remember two days on MTV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were really young. You were probably six, seven when that show came out. Yeah. But your brother Ross was the quarterback of Hoover and. Rush Prost and people of my age remember that as like our version of Hard Knocks growing up. What do you remember about that TV show? 
I remember just some sometimes just cameras following us around. You know, they would come to our house every once in a while and just go you to know, all the football games because back then, like, Hoover football was really, really good. And a lot of people you know, still remember, like, people – like, you're my brother – my oldest brother's 37, my middle brother's 34, so I'm a little bit younger than them. But anytime I ever see somebody around their age, I tell them from Hoover, that's always the first thing they ask is about two days and stuff like that. So – it's always a good memory to come back to. And, you know, it was fun. I was, I'm still, I was a little too young to remember most of it, but I remember, I remember there being a lot of cameras around. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm very specifically remember watching that show on MTV is like a, yeah, yeah, it was probably 20 at the time, but it was still, it was like the first of its kind really. So yeah, I mean, for, for people I'm, in my age group, remember everything repeat Smith and, and the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first episode, like, it was they played it like the movie theater in town. So that was fun. That's about all I got though. And then I was just winning football games. And I'm pretty sure in season two, and I may be completely misremembering this, they played Nice High School, which was Tim Tebow. That was the first I think that might have been the first episode. Okay, that was, my, that was the first episode. That was my brother Ross's junior year. So that was like the first time it was he started and first time like the show aired. So a win-win right there do you have a first memory of alabama football a team a player a coach or just or your brother playing quarterback there yeah you know i'd say most of my memories come from my the oldest i was in 2008 that's also when when alabama started getting really good um i remember all those games i remember my first memory i remember going like 8 a.m practice and being on the field watching my brother practice and kind of him come outside and flip me a couple balls and just mess around like that. But my most of my game memories come from that uh, 2008 season. Probably the biggest one I remember, probably my biggest first one would be 2007. We beat Arkansas on like a walk-off touchdown. And so that was the year before. And that was, that was probably my most prominent first memory of Alabama football. And you were probably too young and I, I'm not, I can't, say for sure whether your brother was scrutinized as a quarterback or not, because I, I was not following Alabama football at the time. But do you ever look back and think, you know, what your brother went through as a quarterback of Alabama? When you talk about, like, power positions in college sports, I mean, Notre Dame quarterback, Duke point guard, USC yeah. wide receiver. I mean, Alabama quarterbacks up there on top four, top five most prominent positions in college sports. What What that was like for him, does he ever talk about it? Um, you know, he really doesn't talk about it much, but I I will say his first like he was there five years. His first few years they weren't very good. You know, I think they had some stuff with NCAA. I'm not hundred percent sure what it was, but so they weren't very good. And then his junior his junior year, Saban came to town. So that changed a lot of the things, you know. And they weren't even that very good that year either they're okay i mean they went to like a bowl game every year but like not like how alabama football is now and then 2008 his senior year is when they started getting good they were 12 and 0 finished number one in the country and then they lost to tebow and sc championship the year they won the national championship so that was a good good send off for him i think you know i'm sure he wished he would have won a national championship for sure but you know i think he definitely was under a lot of pressure being the Alabama quarterback is all of them are, you know, it's a very big position, especially in the state, but, you know, I think he, he's very good at being very open with people and 
making them feel like they're best friends, even if they've never met him. He's very good at stuff like that. And it comes with, I think, just being so, so popular in school, being the quarterback. And so everybody wants to, the media wants to talk to you and everything. So he's just very comfortable with situations like that. And it's something that I've had to learn from him as I've grown older in this situation is how to be better with people and like stuff like that. That, that was actually my next question. Watching both your brothers, do you think that's helped you in your professional endeavors of learning what it's like to be a student athlete and then, a you know, obviously a, a professional baseball player aspiring to each year get to that next level and hopefully one day make your pro debut at, at, with the Royals or whatever organization it, it comes with? Yeah, no doubt. You know, like I said, like I grew up, my falls were spent in watching football in the springtime. I was – in Tusk was watching baseball, my other brother. So, I mean, I kind of had no choice but to like sports growing up. You know, I was surrounded by it so much. And, you know, I, I grew up playing football as well, so that was always fun. And then when I started getting really serious in baseball, like 12, 13, 14, 15 years old is when my middle brother was playing pro sport, pro baseball. So we would go hit together and stuff, and I learned, I learned a lot from him. And, you know, I'm still learning stuff from them just – how to deal with failure and things like that and how to control things that you only you can control and just, you know, I'll never stop learning from them. And my dad, my dad played pro baseball as well too. So he's always my, my go-to person to talk to and stuff. So, you know, I learned so much growing from them mentally, skill wise. I learned more than I can ever imagine. And, you know, I still am, you know, they still help me out, call me all the time and, just always I, I have a very good support staff staff and I'm really, really appreciative of it. So did you play high you played high school football? I did, yeah. I stopped playing my uh my junior year because I was you know, I was I was already going to Alabama for baseball and it was it was getting a little to, to be too much, but you know, I love football. I wish I could have played forever, honestly. I still throwing the football around is still like one of my favorite things to do. In your either middle school or, or early years of high school, did you have like that moment, whether it was a travel showcase or a high school game, where you started to realize I'm probably a little bit head and shoulders above who I'm playing with against, and I, I have the chance to play at the next level, at the college level? Um, I don't know if I have an exact memory or moment. I remember uh, when I was 15, I had like a good one of those tournaments in Atlanta. I had a pretty good showing at that. And, you know, I had a really good travel ball going in high school. So we played at all the major colleges in the South, you know, the Alabama, the Auburns, the Old Masses, Mississippi State, stuff like that. So always was around good talent and good exposure to college coaches and whatnot. So after my freshman year, I think I kind of realized – I was in a good spot, you know. I thought I did. I had to get summer circuit and things like that. So I uh, I committed shortly after my like couple first couple weeks of school, my sophomore year in high school, and from there on, it was just getting ready to go to school at Alabama. Tyler Gentry told me a story about the 2020 team um, that you were on. That you guys started 16 and one, and then COVID shuts the season down. How special do you think that team could have been? You know, I thought we were really good. You know, that was my freshman year, so I was always fighting for playing time. And, you know, I kind of started getting it towards the end. So I was I was starting to get into the playing and seeing firsthand what it was like. But, you know, I thought we had a really good squad. We had a lot of older guys, you know, 
Tyler was definitely our best player, best hitter. You know, he had a great year. I always tell people I wish he had a full season that year to see what he would have done. But, you know, we had a really special group, you know, a lot of kids that uh, got drafted years following Tyler and one other guy signed that year. But, you know, we had a good squad. You know, I wish – I really wish we would have gotten a full season. It would have helped our team out. It would have helped Alabama out. It would help me out too because, you know, I only got that – I think I played like 12 games my freshman year. So – and then I only had my sophomore year after that. So I wish I would have gotten another full season selfishly. But, you know, just I wish that Alabama team would have gotten to see the light of day because I think we would have done a lot of good things for the program. So teach me something. I always thought that you had to stay three years in college and you just played, you played two years and then were drafted by the Royals. How, how does that work? I think it's three years or by the time you turn 21. So, so when you, were I was draft, young, you were a draft eligible sophomore. Yeah. And technically I was a freshman again, because we all got our year of eligibility back from COVID, which is a whole nother thing. But yeah, when I was really young, my parents decided from the get go that I was going to do a grade twice it's kind of it's kind of a big bigger thing in the South. A lot of a lot of kids do it. So I did kindergarten twice. So I was always older than everybody else in my grade. And once I got Alabama, I was already twenty one. So it was it was my time, I guess. Was there any yeah. consideration of going back for your junior year, or when you get taken in the third round and you want to start your professional career? There's no question. Um, I think the selection definitely helped. How the how high it was but you know if it would have came down to it and it didn't go my way or whatnot or something bad would have happened I mean I would have had no problem going back to school you know um, I, I still have a lot of friends that are still there now and I, always, I had a very good time at Alabama and it was my dream and we uh we went to regional my sophomore year so maybe could have built on that but you know I'm I'm very happy where where I'm at right now and how everything turned out I want to get to draft day of 21 in just one second. I always ask this question because I find it so interesting. Was there a guy in high school or in the SEC um, or both that you watched and was like, man, that guy is just built a little bit different than the rest of us? For me in high school, uh, I think he played with us two tournaments in summer, summer ball high school. It was it was Bobby Witt. He okay. was – he was different, you know. He played. I think. I think it was two tournaments with like my travel team that I grew up playing with in high school, and we were we were big in our organization. So he came over for some of the bigger tournaments, and he was different. That's for sure. And then in in the SEC, I mean, pretty much every Friday night guy, Kumar Rocker was really good that year. Um, Doug Nikhazy from Ole Miss, you know, we had some 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 real guys on that in that year in SEC. And that was, that was a lot of people said the SEC's gotten tougher over the past few years because it's gotten older and stuff. So you still see some, some guys that are still doing it. still still the guys in the SEC. Do you remember what specifically stood out about Bobby in high school? I just remember he was just, he was so athletic and he was so like poised for being an 18 year old and the spotlight he was in. I remember I was like, I could never, I could never be in doing what he's done. Like we would have so many scouts at our game and they're all watching one guy, you know? So it was always cool to see that. And 
I mean, he was pretty good. Still pretty good, obviously. <laughs> yeah, pretty good is a, a nice way to put it for this the season that he's wrapping up right now. Yeah, um, pretty special. Take me to draft day. What was the expectation going in? Where were you when you get drafted? How did you celebrate? Just walk me through that day. Yeah, I mean, it was a whirlwind of emotions, that's for sure. Very stressful day up until the moment. You know, you you don't really know what's going to happen. You you have an idea of some teams that might take you or whatnot, but you know, you don't know until you know until it's up on the board. So my day was pretty. I spent it with all my family. We're at my one of my older brother houses, just family, um, a girlfriend, and uh, I got like seven, eight nieces and nephews. So they're all running around keeping everybody busy. Um, but it was it was very stressful. You know, I didn't. I'm not going to lie, I didn't even know the Royals were going to take me until they took me. You know, it was kind of, kind of happened really fast. Got a phone call from my agent, and he was like, Kansas City's taking you to 66, and it was like pick 64, 65. So happened really quick, but, you know, very thankful, obviously, for them taking me and putting me in a good position to succeed and do everything I want to do. And, you know, they've been nothing but great to me since I've been involved in the organization. But, that day was definitely stressful until it wasn't. Then it was it was a great time after got to celebrate my family, and that's the only way I would want to do it is just to be around the ones that have helped me get there. A lot of guys that I've talked to have gone to go play golf in the morning to get their mind off it, or gone to get breakfast yeah. with high school buddies. How did you spend the time leading up to? Was it just you're you're at home waiting for the call? Yeah, I looking back at it now, I probably wish I would have done something earlier in the day to take my mind off it, but I, I didn't. So, but yeah, I just I was at home, just hanging out, just probably stressing a little bit too much than I should have. <laughs> so then the the follow up question is just you're with your brothers, your family, your dad. They've all helped you get to this point of realizing a dream. You know, I've asked every guy this question: Do you pop a bottle of champagne? Do you go out in the backyard and? light up a cigar. I mean, there's got to be like a, a stress relieving moment when your name gets called that you, you celebrate with your family. Yeah. I think, I think there was a video of my, my older brother, the one we were at his house and as soon as my name I called, he popped the bottle. So that was cool. But uh, yeah, it was, that was definitely like just seeing my name up on the board was all the stress relief I needed. It was just like, Oh, thank you. We're, we're done with that situation. Now it's time to, Time to have fun for a couple of days and celebrate and then get to work with the Royals. And so that's what I did. I, I had a couple of days at home to chill out and kind of figure out what was going to happen and then went straight to Arizona. But, you know, that day, I'll never forget it. It was very special. It was uh, kind of the celebration of a lot of years of hard work for me. And I'm forever blessed and thankful for it happening. So you go to Arizona and that's one thing, but then you show up to spring training in 22 for your first full professional spring training. What's that moment like for, for someone who's been dreaming of this moment for all his life and you're walking around the same facility as future Hall of Famers like Zach Greinke and Salvador Perez. And I know you guys are are split a little bit between the minors and the major league guys, but you certainly see them walking around and sharing the same weight room, stuff like that. What's the first spring training like for you? You know, I think for most people, I don't want to talk for everybody. For me, it was like kind of the first week is like, oh, you really don't know what to expect. You know, you don't really don't know what what to do. You know, there's a lot of older guys in the minor league side, too, that have been there for a few years. You know, you don't want to 
being the new guy and everything, you don't want to step on anybody's toes or anything like that. So you kind of, I want to say like a little timid the first week, kind of just don't want to, don't want to mess up. Don't want to do anything you're not supposed to do or something like that. But, you know, once the first few days kick in, you know, you get in such a routine and everything that you kind of just, during training, you kind of just do pretty much the same thing every day, you know, wake up, go to the field, work out, play in a game, leave. You know, that's kind of the everyday life. So first few days is definitely kind of an adjustment period. You know, you've never been in a situation like that. Never been with so many people or players or coaches all at one time. So it's definitely a shell shock at first. But then once you get into it, you get in such a routine that it's kind of just go out there and just do what you need to do every day and prepare for the season. Try to stay healthy as much as you can. Did you have the classic welcome to pro ball moment? You know, you're standing in the box and Daniel Lynch throws you a slider that you've never seen like that, something like that in the SEC before, or you're just walking around the facility. I know you guys share it with the Rangers and, you know, big time guy walks by and it's like, holy bleep, that's so-and-so. Yeah, I think everybody has one of those moments where you're just like, I'm really in it. So I think for me, it was my, my, I hadn't hit live pitch. This is when I first got drafted. I haven't hit live pitching in, I don't know, a month, two, month and a half because our season ended and the draft was later than it had been in years past. That was the first year of it. So nobody really knew what to do or expect or anything. And I'm hitting off of Christian Chamberlain and he's got really good stuff. And I was like, oh, man, that's I haven't seen one of those before. So I think everybody's got that. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, walk around seeing a 10-year bet in the big leagues, you kind of just like, I don't want to say the wrong thing to him or do anything to make him mad. So, you know, you just kind of kind of went your first year, you walk more on your toes and a little more frantically, I think. And then once you get comfortable, it's I think it's all good. What was it like adjusting to life? fully on the road in, in quad cities. I mean, Iowa and Alabama could be probably more different in terms of parts of the country and all that, but you, you got to play 2022 in quad cities. What was that experience like for the first time truly being on your own and learning how to be a pro? You know, it, it was uh, definitely an adjustment period. You know, I got like two weeks in Columbia the year before, two, three weeks. So that was kind of the first taste, but nothing really like a full season, you know, and like you said, Iowa and Alabama are very different, you know. Get off the plane from Arizona, it's 95 degrees, and then first game in Quad Cities, it was snowing. So so definitely a, definitely a difference, you know, in that aspect. But the Midwest is different as well, just everything. But, you know, it, it took a lot of adjustment. Like my uh, my first I, – I started the year, I got hurt the last day of spring training, kind of tweaked my hammy, so I was a little late getting started last year. So my first week, my first month was May, and I didn't have a very good month, you know, just kind of the adjustment period, just being being away from back home, being first year in pro ball, first full season, first really everything. And it kind of took it to me, and I'll be the first one to say it wasn't good, and then kind of grew up, got some, some good friends around me to help me out, get teammates, Good coaching staff, uh, Brooks Conrad and Andy LaRoche really helped me out. And, and Eddie Rodriguez, who's no longer with us, really helped me out. And, you know, I just had to grow and learn from that time period. And, you know, I'm still still learning how to adjust what works out for me, what 
what I want to do like on the road or on at home differences and whether it be doing stuff at home or doing stuff at the field, like I'm still, I'm still figuring out what works best for me. And I think I'll still be figuring out till the day I hang them up, you know? So it's always an adjustment. What's the biggest difference between, you know, you played really high level college baseball. It's probably a full-time job in, in and of itself plus school, but what's the yeah. biggest difference between sophomore year at Alabama to 2022 in quad cities? Um, I think the biggest one would be playing every day. You know, that that grind, that grind is more mental than it is physical, especially this time of year. You know, you've played so many games, but definitely playing every day and, you know, just level of competition, you know, it's just a lot better. People say sometimes SEC is comparable to some pro ball, and I'm on Friday night maybe the pitcher is, but – Every pitcher that we face is a good – they got drafted for a reason, you know. So the level of competition is definitely better. And then the grind of playing every day and going up and preparing every day because, I mean, it's your job, you know, it's your livelihood. you got to do everything you can to succeed and everything. So those are two biggest things, just the, the pitching, the level of competition, the cleaner baseball, and then the grind of playing each and every day. The 2022 Quad Cities team got to play at the Field of Dreams Stadium, right? Yep. I guess, first of all, have you seen the movie Field of Dreams? Because not everybody has. I have, yeah. Okay. So how cool was that experience? It was It was awesome. You know, it was definitely once in a lifetime. You know, not, not a lot of people will ever get to say they played at that. Major league, minor league, college, whatever it is, not a lot of people will get to say that. So it was definitely awesome. You know, I'm really thankful that we were picked to be able to play. It was uh, – we got treated really well. You know, they had, like, portable locker rooms and stuff like that, which was pretty cool. Like, field playing surface is probably the best we played all year. The lights were probably the best we played on all year. You know, just everything like that, all the little minute details. But, you know, it was awesome. You know, I got to see all the corn out and the outfield and stuff and just something that I'll never forget and something I'll take with me always. And this year you played your entire season at Northwest – Last year, you played almost the entire season at uh, at Quad Cities. Outside of as you as you mentioned, you kind of started the season with that injured hamstring. Is that in some like cases easier because you get settled into a routine? You're not having to constantly pack either to rehab in Arizona or, or moving up, moving down. You get into that rhythm of life with Northwest Arkansas, whether that's in your apartment or you just know the routine of the season. Yeah, I think that definitely is makes it life a little bit easier. You know, you kind of know what you're getting each and every day from the part of your routine and stuff like that. You know, for me especially, I've I've gotten really comfortable here, and like I've had Andy LaRoche, our hitting coach. I've had him for the last two years. He was in quad stage with me last year, so very comfortable with him and everything that we do and stuff like that. And he knows me. I know him. You know, it always works out good. But like you said, like not having to pack up or go to Arizona if you get hurt or going up or down, you know, it makes life easier. You kind of just you settle in. You just you don't have to worry about moving or stuff like that. And you just kind of worry about playing every day at seven o'clock, trying to stay healthy and have try to have a good time while you're doing it as well. What's the biggest difference in your game between 2022 and 2023? You know, I think I've learned a lot of about what I need to do pr- to prepare. I think is kind of the one of the bigger things. You know, last year was kind of trial and error for most of the year, kind of figuring out 
And I think, like I said earlier, I think it will always be a period of adjustment to the way you prepare and everything. But, you know, I found some stuff that has worked for me a little bit better than I thought had may have worked in years past. And I think I've grown as a player as far as baseball IQ and learning things on the fly, you know, learning by failure, screwing up one time and then kind of sitting down, thinking about it, talking to people about it. You know, you learn a lot that way. I learned how to, I'm still not great at it, kind of just like dealing with failure, you know, kind of it's part of the game, you know, you got to be able to do it. It's, it will always be a work in progress for pretty much everybody that ever plays, but, you know, it's just part of it. You got to do it. You know, I've, I thought, I feel like I've had a pretty good season. So just kind of based on that, just I think I've done good things and just kind of build off that for the off season and years to come from what I've learned this year. I assume in the next couple of weeks, once the season ends, you're going to have conversations with the Royals front office say, hey, this is what we kind of want this offseason coming into spring training next year. We see you in Omaha AAA. I know it's a long way away, but, you know, next year is potentially the year in which you could get that call say, hey, you're going to make your pro debut. Do you ever think about that or that's completely out of your mind? I mean, I think it would be, say, it would be hard to say that nobody ever thinks about it, you know. You know, it's kind of like why we do this is then goals to get to the major leagues and to stay in the major leagues. So I think it's always in the back of your mind, like what I need to do to get there and how I need to play and how I need to perform and things like that. But, you know, it's 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 so hard, it's so easy to do that and so easy to try to look ahead. But in this life, you just got to be where your feet are. I feel like this is so helpful just – like I've been in Northwest Arkansas the whole year. It's fine with me. It's all good. You know, I've 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 tried to come every day and play hard and prepare and everything. So, you know, it's got to be where your feet are. It's so easy to look ahead, and it's it's hard not to. You know, like you want it, you want to so bad. You want to do whatever you can to get there, but at the same time, you you're at the level you're at for a reason. You need to. There's still things you need to get better at. Still things you need to do to get to your end goal and just so just go in every day with what you needed to get better at and try to focus on that it's kind of the way you get to the big leagues i think all right well we end each episode with on the bus it's rapid fire random questions to get to know you off the field a little bit better mason barnett's going to be on next week's episode he's an auburn guy you're an alabama guy give me some piece of trash talk that i can give to him that he'll give back to you honestly you can say anything negative about auburn and i'll be on board with you how big is the Iron Bowl for people who don't grow up in the state of Alabama? Just describe how big that moment is for for that state. It's crazy, you know. It's built up the whole season for one week, you know. If if you win that game, you have a good year almost, kind of sense. So it's crazy how involved people get, and I'm 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 one of them, you know. I'd be like I said, I see like somebody with an Auburn sticker on the car. I was like, ugh. You know, it's just kind of, it's kind of just the way I grew up and the way how it's always been, you know, it's just, it's, it's a big deal. There's no way around that. That's for sure. Does the rivalry translate over to baseball too? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it translates to every sport, you know, I mean, obviously the Iron Bowl's the biggest cause just college football in itself is bigger, but you know, my, my, my sophomore year, we beat them on a walk-off win to win the series on a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, and that was that was one of the funnest games I ever played in college. It was really, really fun to enjoy, and you know, it just meant so much more that it was against Auburn too. So, 
that made me made me happy. I should have asked. You've been living in like enemy territory this entire season in Northwest Arkansas. Do you have to be careful about wearing your Bama gear around around spring? You know, there's a lot. You go into any store, and there's Arkansas uh, merchandise. That's for sure. I've definitely thought about not wearing an Alabama shirt or something like that. I won't lie. So definitely in enemy territory. Arkansas was the the first series I ever played in college in the SEC, and it was pretty crazy. You know, I never asked this question to any of the college guys, but when you're on a weekend road series, let's say you're playing Arkansas at Arkansas, you're college kids in a foreign campus, but you also have the natural urge to be college kids. Like, what do you do Thursday, Friday, and I assume you leave after the game Saturday? How do you spend the time without finding yourself in trouble on a, an opposing college campus? Uh, when you go to a away series on Thursday night, you practice, so that helps. When you're playing college sports, you know it's you, you grow up and you have to make sacrifices. And having fun with your friends is a sacrifice that I've always had to make. You know, no matter what age it's been, my whole life. So you know, it's kind of something that you you've learned to. I don't want to say deal with, but learn to learn to deal with. Like you, you have to make sacrifices and having fun on the weekends in college is one of the sacrifices you have to make when you're playing college sports. And, you know, no, none of my friends or me or anybody on our team really was ever in a situation where they were doing something on the weekend that they should have been doing on the road or something like that. So mm-hmm. just everybody bought in on one thing is trying to win and you all want to do it. So you always try to do the best thing you can. Have you guys ever had a bad sibling injury during a, fight or just kids being kids well i'm not gonna lie they're so much older than me you know my my sister is the closest one she's seven years older than i am so i i didn't really i think they probably had a little bit more of those instances growing up than i did because by the time i was growing up they were all grown-ups basically so i didn't really have any of those but i think they definitely they definitely did for sure not even while they were babysitting, they turn your back and you fall down the stairs or something? Not that I remember. I mean, very probably could have well happened, but... It's probably a good thing. Yeah, they might have kept that one for me. That's yeah. for sure. When you got your first professional paycheck, did you have a first purchase? You know, I'm still, I haven't really bought anything big still. You know, I, I've been really fortunate. You know, like my parents bought me a car when I graduated in high school and stuff like that. And... I haven't bought a house or anything, so I don't. I haven't bought anything like huge or anything. Just kind of just. I don't want to say I'm cheap or anything, but I haven't bought anything crazy. But I don't. I don't splurge much. But I'll get some nice clothes and stuff like that. But nothing. Nothing crazy. You've been on a lot of baseball fields with a lot of really good baseball players. What's the farthest baseball you've ever seen hit? I think my first game of pro ball. One of my teammates, Dylan Trump, hit one like 470 feet in Arizona. And I was like, wow, that ball went really far. I think that might be the farthest one I've ever seen. Okay. That was literally my, my first game of pro ball in the big league state stadium in Arizona. It was crazy. 470. That's it, it was around there. I don't know exactly what number, but it was it was in a long way. I know that for sure. <laughs> um, this is probably a really annoying question that you get asked. Is Sweet Home Alabama popular in the state of Alabama, or is that just like another song? Uh, they play every Alabama football game, so and I've heard it once or twice. Okay. But yeah, and 
they do this game at Northwest and Sweet Home Alabama is one of the songs they play every other day. So hear a lot here too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's the biggest celebrity setting you've ever seen in the wild? Not like on TV or in a booth at an Alabama game, just in the wild. Biggest celebrity, um, probably Matt Ryan. My he was at my brother's wedding. Yeah, probably him. Fine, I think pretty big MVP. I actually forgot to ask this question earlier because Tyler Gentry told me a story about when one time Julio Jones was like practicing next to the baseball team that was practicing indoors. Do you ever walk past like a guy who's now in the NFL who played it at Bama that is just like huge and you just can't believe the size of those guys? Oh, all the time. All the time. We, uh, where like a, our student academic building was, you would always see them in there too. And they're just specimens, you know. And I had a bunch of classes with them, especially my freshman year, kind of just those freshman level classes. We had a bunch of classes with them. But yeah, if you saw a football player in the weight room, they were doing extra because when the football team was working out, you weren't allowed to be in there. So they were they were getting some extra work in if you ever saw them. Was there one guy in particular that stood out above the rest like, holy crap, that guy is just jacked? Um, every time I saw Evan Neal, he's massive and stupid. I think he's like 6'7", 370, and he's uh, – can you've probably seen the might have seen the video of him doing like the little box jump thing with him like stupid crazy. But I mean every every athlete you see at Alabama is the specimen, especially on the football side. All right, you have to delete one of these off your phone. Netflix, Venmo, or Instagram. Wow. That's a tough one. Probably say Netflix, you know, there's other other streamings. I use Venmo pretty much every day. So <laughs> There's a lot of uses for that, that's for sure. Are there Venmos between teammates for getting boxed or stuff like that? Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely one of them. You know, kangaroo court playing. You know, and that happens like once a month ish. So that's definitely something that has to be involved in it for sure. If you're deleting Netflix, do you have any shows that you're currently watching on either Netflix, Prime, Hulu, whatever? You know, I've watched a lot of shows during the during this season. Me and my me and my roommate Morgan McCullough, who just went to Omaha like a week or two ago, we we ran through some shows this this year. So kind of not on one right now, but we watched probably we watched House of Cards, Entourage, True Detective. Which True Detective more. season? We watched all of them. Okay. First one was the best one, though. The first one's the only good one. Two and three are yeah. terrible. Yeah, first one was good. First one was really good. Season one, True Detective, I argue, is maybe the greatest single season of television of all time. I would, Not the best I would TV show, but the best single season. That and, like, season six of Game of Thrones is up there. Which one was season six? Because it was eight seasons of Game of Thrones, right? Seven and eight weren't good. Five and six were, like, the peak. Season six, then, would have been Battle of the Bastards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's probably up there too. Yeah, but True Detective season one is unreal. You got to go back and watch that. That's due for a good rewatch. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm rewatching Ballers right now, which I realize is just the sports version of Entourage. I mean, it's the exact same show. See, I've seen Entourage like three or four times. So that's that's one of my good, always like background noise. If I ever need a show, is Entourage most of the time. Well, if you need a new show, go watch Ballers. They just put it on Netflix. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Give it a try.
All right, final two. What's your walk-up song right now? Uh, it's uh, Raindrops by Travis Scott, Metro Boomin. It's pretty good. Why Thought about changing one? a couple. Honestly, don't know. You know, I think when I was in college, I kind of I thought about my walk-up song more than I do now. And now I'll hear a song once or twice, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I'll make that my walk-up for the year." So, but it's pretty good. It's got a good beat. I like it. I've loved the pitch clock changes, but the thing that it hurts the most is the walk-up song. I don't, I don't get nearly the the lead in. Oh no, no, you don't get any time. You know, you get the thirty seconds, and they don't play it till eighteen seconds, and you're already in the box. So that's that's no fun. Sometimes some okay. people got some really good walk-up songs, so you gotta you gotta listen to them. Yeah. All right, final one. You're on a three-day camping trip with one teammate. Which teammate are you picking? Oh wow. Um, someone you got to be able to get along with, but also who's probably good in a wilderness woods camping setting. Right now, I'd probably say Jake Means. He's he's one of my good friends on the team. I think we would I think we would make a good tandem of trying to survive for a couple of days. So we tried to survive on the golf course the last few weeks. So I think if we can do that. We can do anything. All right. <laughs> so I now have a follow up question because you it sounds like you're a golfer. You didn't make a first purchase of a new set of clubs or anything? You know, that's that's in the coming days for sure. Okay. I think I, I'm not a golfer by any means. I'm trying to be one, but you know, one of my older brothers is good at golf and he gave me one of his old sets and they're way too good at clubs for me. So I gotta I gotta go down to the ones that, you know, hit themselves for them. So Tim, you gotta step your game up. It sounds like that's what everybody does during the off day or in the that morning is definitely, a night game. That's definitely the number one uh, number one thing doing an off day for minor league baseball players. That's for sure. Off season purchase and off season plans. You can add it to your list. Yeah, that's definitely that's going to be any day now. Honestly, <laughs> really appreciate the time. Thanks for sitting down with me. Best of luck the rest of the season. Enjoy the off season and uh, hope to see you here in spring training soon enough. Okay. Yeah, I know. I really appreciate you having me on. It was awesome. Really appreciate Peyton taking the time to talk with me. And by the time you're listening to this, he will have wrapped up his 2023 season with Northwest Arkansas, a really good campaign for the second baseman and outfielder out of the University of Alabama and someone that in 2024 could certainly see uh, starting off at AAA Omaha and certainly could see at some point at the major league level making his pro debut with the Kansas City Royals. One more episode in season one here of the Out of Options podcast that coming next Tuesday with, um, let's just say, a rival of Peyton Wilson's. I'll let you hint at that. But uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode here of the Out of Options podcast on the 435 Podcast Network and 610sports.com. Please give it a five-star review, download, and subscribe. Um, We'll be taking a hiatus during the winter, but back this spring. But again, one more episode to close out the minor league season next Tuesday right here on the Out of Option podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next Tuesday.